0: At the time, I, I was probably 22, 23, and I was living in a, a, a part of a duplex for like 350 a month. And I wrote down 100 grand. And sure enough, after a year of doing that, I had made 100 thousand dollars. And that was like the most money that I could have imagined. You know what I mean? Like that 32 grand, like 100 thousand—that's like a doctor or an attorney in my mind back then. You know, I was like if I could do that, I would be successful. And that—that uh, uh, that literally was one of the catalysts behind, you know, having that early success.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset join me as i interview some of the world's most successful business owners coaches and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things i'm cody laughlin and this is the Money Talkers podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers uh, with Cody Laughlin. I have a guest today named Mike Odo. Uh, Mike has generated over 10 million leads for real estate agents in North America. He is the founder of Market Maker, an Inc. 5,500 list of fastest growing privately held companies in the U.S. On top of that, he was a, a top 1% of real estate agents in the U.S. by commissions, all at the age of 26 so mike welcome to the show man thank you so much for having me i'm super excited yeah i am excited to uh to to have you on as well i um i kind of want to i like to run off with a pretty quick question right and so um how were you able to uh just basically bum rush the real estate market before 26 years old
0: so i got started early um, I got started at about 2019, right in there is when I got licensed, 1920. I remember I, I wasn't old enough to buy beer. So <laughs> it was definitely before that, 21. Um, and I, I, I was afraid to um, not succeed because I dropped out of college. And so um, I, I, I think that fear of failure is a huge motivator and had been for me. Um, and it just led me to become a really a seeker of information. Um, I think my skill set that I, that I had developed the most there was the ability to understand that there are other people who have lived before me and had the success that I wanted. And if I just humble myself to go learn from them, um, I would be able to get there quicker and kind of collapse time. And so that, that, that was really what I did. Um, and I didn't do it right at first. I, I tried to learn from the wrong people and copy the wrong people and, <clears throat> do what they were doing um you know just just to be more humbled
1: and finding out it didn't work we used to tell people that uh you know the 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 worst sales have the most time to teach the new sales people <laughs> <laughs> those who can't do teach right yeah well they, everybody's got advice you just be
0: real careful who you take it from right yeah for sure you know and the, the 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 old success leaves clues you know you 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 can try to ascertain a lot from the outside looking
1: in but be very wrong you know yeah yeah and uh i, I kind of talk about a lot of times about just in general because we're talking about money obviously as money talkers but um where you get your financial advice you want to get it from people who have good finances <laughs> yeah you know? but unfortunately we don't talk about these things in schools and we don't talk about good principles a lot of times and so uh you know the whole uh motto the rich get richer and the poor get poorer is a lot of this that because that's where you're getting your financial information from i agree i think it's uh, uh you know w-
0: there's a saying that uh, uh, poverty can be generational. And, and I, I truly believe it's a nurture versus nature and just a lack of uh, uh, understanding and awareness. Um, you know, for me, gr- growing up, I had uh, uh, parents who had divorced, and my mother worked very hard. She'd worked three jobs. So I kind of had the rich, rich dad, poor mom growing up you know what I mean and so I got to learn uh, the difference between the two as far as their their mental models and how they thought and um, you know my dad was always a a how can I afford it type of guy and uh, he, he he had told me at a young age he said son if you can make fifty thousand a year I can teach you how to be a millionaire with that level of income and I was like well how do I make fifty thousand a year first <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember my my the first one of my friends that graduated college and got a job was thirty two grand a year and we thought he literally was rich, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> you, you know, we were like, "What? You can do that?" Like, you know, we were all in college still, making you know a couple hundred bucks a week, like doing server jobs and stuff and bartending and stuff like that. But
0: yeah, it might mean, like <laughs> mind-boggling money. Well, you just uh, uh um you know brought me back to a thought one of the things that happened to me early on was I found a book called the power of focus by Jack Canfield. And, uh, um, I was just, you know, naive enough to believe what it said. It said that if you write down the amount of money you want to make annually, and of course you have to have a vehicle for this, right? Which Mm -hmm. sales is a great vehicle because your income isn't capped. Um, and look at it every day and every night. Uh, it said that your mind will subconsciously attract you to the activities that are necessary in order to achieve that goal. And, um, at the time, I, I was probably 22, 23, and I was living in a, a, a part of a duplex for like 350 a month. And I wrote down 100 grand. And sure enough, after a year of doing that, I had made 100,000 dollars. And that was like the most money that I could have imagined. You know what I mean? Like that 32 grand, like 100,000—that's like a doctor or an attorney in my mind back then. You know, I was like if I could do that, I would be successful. And that—that uh, uh, that literally was one of the catalysts behind,
1: you know, having that early success. Um, did you have uh, did you have a a uh, mentality when that money was coming in that you were going to keep that trajectory, or did you stay in the same kind of uh, financial mindset and start putting it away?
0: Um. Well, I I've always been very conservative, you know. At a young age, uh, gosh, when I was like eight years old, I would sell golf balls at the golf course and i i would take the money and i didn't really have a need for it so i tried to impress my friends i would spray starch it and iron it to like make it crispy you know so i've always been a saver um even at that time i remember um i wouldn't pay for cable because cable was a very you know luxurious luxury to me still and my friends would come over they'd be like oh no you don't have cable and i'm like no man i can't afford it yet and they're like you're crazy you know. <laughs> Just anything that dug into my pocket on a monthly basis, uh, especially being commission-based. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very
1: different mentality for real estate agents because a lot of times they get on this roller coaster where it's like the commission check comes in. And for one, it's almost spent by the time it gets there. Yeah. Two, they're, you know, being type A, you know, a lot of people are type A in sales and they just, that money comes in and it's like, oh, let's make some more. And they just, blow it goes and then they struggle a lot of times. 100%.
0: Well, I was also very uh aware and afraid of taxes. So like I didn't know what my tax burden would be, but I just knew a lot of people got in trouble uh not paying taxes. So I I pretty much still lived in that duplex at three hundred bucks a month the entire time I made that hundred grand and saved, <laughs> you know. I mean every bit that I could. I would reinvest back in my business, but um as far as luxuries and things of that nature, I, I was very uh uh, uh what's the word? Uh, I would sacrifice, you know. Uh, I wouldn't be out with my buddies, you know, at the nightclubs and things of that nature. I'd
1: well, uh, Char- is a uh, Charlie? Is it Mungerton? Um, it's uh, Munger. Warren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warren Buffett's partner. Um, <laughs> you know, has a famous quote that says, "Look, do whatever you have to do to get a hundred thousand dollars." <laughs> Little
0: picture of me and Warren. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. How did that happen?
0: Well, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, uh, Warren hangs out in um, the, the the places you wouldn't expect a person like that to be.
1: Isn't it like uh, the same little hamburger shop and the same ice cream shop and all that stuff? Like, is that, is that more folksy stuff or is that?
0: Yeah, for the most part. That was at uh, Village Inn, you know, um, kind of in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I asked the waitress, I said, what did he tip you? And she said, 15% exactly. And I was like, oh. And then I ran to see what kind of car he had, you know. It was like an old late model Cadillac. I was like, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he's famous for that. But that's one of the things that Charlie Munger said. You know, it's like you got you got to get to a hundred thousand dollars. Like whatever you got to do, sacrifice whatever. That's the path to being wealthy, because once you hit the hundred thousand, then you have the ability to go into assets and management. And you if you've got that mentality then ingrained in you, then you'll exponentially grow on the backside of it.
0: So specifically speaking of that, my dad gave me a mental model as a kid. Of uh, he said, a man can't think straight without ten thousand dollars in the bank. And he said, I always told myself I wouldn't buy a briefcase uh, until I got $10,000 in the bank. And later on in life, I said, yeah, why, why 10 grand? That's not, you know, like big of a deal. He's like, well, it's different for everybody. He said, but it was just a place to start. I said, uh,
1: yeah. And that's, um, you know, one of the things I talk about in Money Talkers is um, what, what would our kids do? I didn't get that. Could you try again? Um, what would our kids do? if they didn't have debt or they had the mental uh you know capacity to think like in an, uh, an, an abundance mindset and what would they do um what would you know what what would their trajectory be where would they go what how would they impact the world because i always felt like if you're only if you're making decisions from a position of power you make the right decisions or you make the decisions that help your yourself the best right that's so, that's what that mentality is what you're talking about your dad like you you make good decisions without ten thousand dollars in your pocket because you're making a you're making a, a necessity decision exactly exactly and personally
0: you know i think um as a young man i saw all my friends get credit cards and you know buy when they wanted one mountain dew a 12 pack and then i'd hop in their car three weeks later the 11 are still rolling around in the back i'm like man you're paying interest on that people don't understand that but but i've made a great deal of money in investing in real estate And I feel like debt uh, uh, is just misunderstood if it's structured debt. um, I think it's good debt, you know, and, and and for me, if the deal makes sense and the bank will give me the money, I'm very
1: grateful to take it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not an anti-debt person at all, but I'm an anti-bad debt. You know, there's um, there's leverage debt and there's, you know, um, there's consumer debt, you know, and we're right now I, I, think we're coming up on a reckoning for the student loan debt, which is more than any all car loan debt and all credit card debt. And uh oh, I'm aware of that. yeah, it's one point five trillion dollars. It's more than all credit card debt and all car debt.
0: Oh man. So, you know yeah. I it,
1: it it's it really... saddling people. And and the thing is is like the universities haven't gotten much bigger. So that money has been guaranteed by the government. You can't bankrupt it away. It's guaranteed by the government. We're maybe having 18 year olds make massive financial decisions when they've never had any financial decisions to make in their entire life. And we're not giving them the full set of information because we're not talking about, you know, they're oh, you don't have to make payments. That's the big thing, right? You don't have to make payments for six months and they don't tell you what happens to the debt. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, as even just a, a, a landlord,
0: like I'll have people come and pay a year in advance of their rent. And I'm like, well, where did you get the money? Oh, it's my student loan. I'm like, wow, you're going to be paying on this for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's like indentured servitude. I mean, you can't get out of it. There's no other debt that I'm aware of that operates in that manner.
1: No, you know, that's one of the things the founding fathers made that we don't have in other countries. And this is one of the reasons that we became the international economic and entrepreneur powerhouse that America is. And that word is bankruptcy. I, yeah, you know, I mean, in other places, you go to jail when you borrow money, and don't pay it back
0: debtors prison. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't stretch out I wouldn't borrow a dime if they had debtors prison, you know, the only <laughs> prison that I know of, uh, you'll go to for owing money is for IRS debt. And that's why I've always, you know, been so conservative on that front. And like I'll pay more even, you know what I mean? I'm not asking the, the, the CPA to cut it down or get down even to the gray area. I'm like, no, no, that's fine.
1: <laughs> Somebody asked me, they were like, what's your top tips for, uh, for, for, uh, for taxes. And I was like, create more of them. Mm-hmm. Cause I get to keep 70% of it. So yeah. I'm I, the more, I may, the more I have to pay them, I get to keep 70% of it. So I'm totally fine with that. That's my mentality. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'd
0: rather have the 70% of the dollar rather than spending the whole dollar to keep 30% of it. Or you know what I mean? Not to not, to not lose that 30%. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'd rather just pay the tax,
1: but yeah, that's one thing too. I talk to with entrepreneurs that they don't. um, So people say, Oh, well let's write it all off. I'm like, you might not want to do that. I'm like, you want to sell your business ever? I'm like, like, you get six times that dollar. I was like, you're saving 20% of it. So it's going to take you, like, that math isn't gonna work if you ever plan on doing anything with this business. You can't borrow, you can't sell, like.
0: Yeah, especially in the business I'm currently in, which was a conscious choice to get into a different vehicle than the real estate side, uh, it was because of that multiples of revenue as far as an exit strategy in a service-based business like real estate, you can't. I mean, you, you're basically selling a, a, a very limited, you know, I mean, like the office furniture, the book of business, you know, if you don't get a multiple, and uh, uh, the software side is way different and specifically because of that, like every dollar you spend is, a, you know, uh, in the software side, it's an eight to 11 times yeah. amount of, re- you know what I mean? Like, like return
1: that you're missing. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of people start business cause they're like, Oh, I can make money. But if you really, once you've done it a few times, like I'm, I'm at 13 now, so like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, 10 of them just gone and, and very badly. And then three of them went really well. And so, but when I, I sold a business the next time I started one, I built it intentionally to sell it. Once I learned that principle, you make different decisions in the business.
0: Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, I've, I've I've had a lot of business. I had a mortgage company, storage units, um, strip malls. I mean, I've had all kinds of stuff.
1: I had a credit repair business. Uh, <laughs> I got multi- three of those. Yeah. Got, I had credit repair. I had mortgage. I had real estate brokerage. <laughs> okay, so
0: yeah, we're from the same cloth then, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and I, what happened with, with doing all that is, I realized one time, like you know, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett, obviously, you know, hometown guy, like where I had grown up. And, uh, uh, uh what I realized is that, um, he has, uh, uh, generals and people that are running these things. I'm yeah. only huge I had like a light nervous breakdown one time on my way to another thing that I was doing. And, you know, I had, uh, I don't know, 25 agents in my, in my organization, it, it, mortgage brokers, like, you know, young guy with all these people that are middle-aged that I'm managing. And then, uh, I'm going over to show the strip mall and I, I start laughing and I get short of breath going through the toll bridge. And I call my mother cause she's like my resident nurse, you know what I mean? I'm like, mom, I don't know what's happening. She's like, well, you're having a nervous breakdown. I said, what would I have a nervous breakdown from? She said stress. I said, I'm not stressed. What kind of stress would I have? I
1: don't have time to be stressed.
0: Right? I just didn't realize that I was only human. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of times people talk about multiple streams of income and I think that's great. But I also found that chase two rabbits catch none is much more true. And uh. You know, it's good to to, to to focus on one thing. And as you're really got that, you know, up and running, uh, uh, then segue into maybe some passive to be able to put the money in places, you know, that will work for you. Not necessarily multiple businesses like that. Was that a, uh, was that a traction book uh, reference I just heard? Oh, Is no, I'm not familiar. That? The Chase Two oh, Rabbits Catch none Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ancient Chinese proverb, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, just like, it's
1: common sense. That's Thank a, that's a book that I, I have uh, almost memorized at this point. So um, <laughs> yeah, chase two rabbits and catch none. Um, yeah. But uh, a lot of that is talking about those things where you have an integrator, which the integrator is a person that's an operator. So if you're yep. if you're in what you are as a visionary, so you're yep. really, really good at things like seeing, you know, you might have 10 ideas, eight of them are just trash. One of them is really bad and one of them's amazing. And then you yep. need, get right. And so, but you, you like the idea of building and you like the idea of you think you're a great operator, but you're really not. And so you need to find somebody who likes the day-to-day grind of the same stuff over and over. Cause once you get monotony, you're kind of stuck. Like, you, you can- know, uh, um,
0: and speaking of that, a big, a big paradigm shift for me was just the disc personality test mm-hmm. and understanding my strengths and weaknesses. And then trying, instead of having like mediocre weaknesses and trying to work on those, uh, uh, um, you know outsourcing those to other people who had strengths in those areas and that's one of the ways that I
1: originally learned how to build a, a, a business and it's served me well I always get a little freaked out when I do my personality test because I start reading it and I'm like these are I'm reading the questions I'm like this is dumb and yeah. I, get, I get the results and I'm like oh <laughs> it's yeah. a shot of reality right back at you and you're like okay that kind of hit home <laughs> yeah for sure I was uh we we had a talk about this not too long ago was to do some of the personality, the Briggs Myers, the disc, uh, a couple others on the show. And we were talking about doing that. It would be fun to do that in the family unit, right? So with the kids, you know, you got a 10 year old or a 14 year old or a 16 year old to like, so that you could understand them and their dynamic because, you know, you had, you mentioned earlier, uh, we were offline talking that you have two kids and my son and my daughter have probably half the same personality traits, but the other half are markedly different, you know? they're not coming from two different up they're only two years apart so they're not coming from like two different upbringings or situations we were in or whatever but um it's i think we thought it would be fun to kind of talk about the to see to see the the world through their eyes doing one of the personality tests you could understand them a little bit better
0: well the awareness that i have currently on that topic is uh the five love languages and that was actually
1: uh, one of the ones they mentioned yeah
0: yeah, and so like I look at my son, and his love language is for sure uh, um, quality time, and then my wife is uh, uh, acts of service, and those are two things that I'm very weak in. I'm like, why can't they just like gifts? Because I can be good at giving them gifts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you know, I feel like I'm 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 being pulled to stretch. Can't outsource that, right? You know. <laughs> and so I will do with my daughter. She's only two. I don't know yeah. what her love language will be yet, but you know.
1: Yeah. No. And that's a. Uh, um that's kind of a fun thing to kind of bring out of just the entrepreneurial world and kind of bring in the home unit, you know, is to strategize on how we approach things with our kids, with our significant others. And, um, you know, I'm curious for you. Um, you know, I know that your kids are, you said two and seven, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, have, have you seen things in your seven year old that, uh, that have identified to you kind of, Entrepreneurial spirit, or, uh, 100% or the, other, the other way, hundred percent entrepreneurial spirit uh, from a very
0: young age. Like he 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 makes little books, and he's like, Dad, I can sell these, and I can get ten dollars for these. Um, we during the quarantine, we have a lake house in uh, uh, just an hour north of Lake of the Ozarks, and he brought my old real estate business cards, and I had like the gladiator haircut, you know, like, <laughs> I look like a baby, and he's like, Dad, I'm going to hand these out all over the neighborhood when we get up there, and I said, Well, why? He said, well, that way you can be rich. <laughs> and so, like, you know, he has these aspirations, um, and, and, and uh, uh, definitely an entrepreneurial spirit, which I, I'm astounded by because I, I'm a big believer in nurture versus nature, yeah. but I do feel like, you know, this is more nature, uh, uh like he just kind of inherited that from me, um, more so than, than, than seen or absorbed by example, because I don't talk about money a great deal at home, yeah. you know? Um, I do with him um, just to give him an understanding like when he wants something at the store I'm like well how much is it well do you have that money with you <laughs> you know that type of thing and when he says no but you do I'm like well that's not how money works you know son <laughs> yeah. like I can loan it to you because I know you have it at home do you want to spend your money Nah. They're like okay.
1: front you for some interest <laughs> yeah. no I haven't thought of about that.
0: I will that's pretty sure
1: <laughs> no it's um But that, you know, you you think that that's not a big deal, right? But if you had told him, no, we can't afford that, and then two seconds later he sees you picking up something and swiping credit cards, like, you know, well, you couldn't afford my thing, but you can, I can afford yours. Like parents don't realize those things matter, you know? Like those little micro moments that you have um, are important in how they see the way that you handle money down the road. Right. i think it yeah and in business as well like no one will follow someone that's not congruent you know
0: what i mean with their words and in actions and i and i feel the same way as far as parenting so i think you're spot on it's just one of those things that you miss very easily you know um because they have limited understanding and You know, I mean, my son, he's seven, but when I look at him, I sometimes forget he's just like a little toddler in a seven-year-old boy's body. So I expect so much of him, you know,
1: that's, that's the most difficult thing for me is that my daughter is very, very bright. And so you feel like you're talking to a, you know, a 15-year-old, but you realize she's emotionally an eight-year-old. So you have these, like, (laughs) you know, where you're like, you expect, you're like, well, should, don't you know you're supposed to say you're sorry? Like, and then they're like, I don't know what to do. You know, it's like they're just like, ah, you know. And it's like that's that's a real fun kind of dynamic we're in right now. Yeah, myself as well. I, same thing. Someone to go
0: fishing. Explained to him it was about to rain, and getting dark. Kept crying and asking why we couldn't go. And after I explained it the third time. I looked up at him and I was like, he's just never going to get this because he's, you know
1: what I, mean? like, I just need to give him a hug and tell him it's going
0: to be okay. You
1: know? Yeah. I mean, just tell him what you're going to go do. Right. You're going to redirect right. that thing and shoot it back over. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, go tomorrow, buddy. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so as your kids are coming up, what, um, you know, have you thought about like what, um, you know, you're going to, how you're going to strategize, like encouraging them on, what they want to be or what they want to do or do they bring you business ideas? Like how do you, how are you kind of handling that? You know, I, I want my son um, and my daughter uh,
0: to be free. I don't want them to be captive by the things that I've done um, or the success that, that, you know, I've, I've had, or will hopefully have uh, in the future. I don't want them to be um, kind of, you know, under the, the the shade of the tree that I'm trying to grow. I want them to be free thinkers. Um, and so what, what I'm trying to do, as we kind of discussed at the beginning of the, the, the show, is instill the right mental models into them to mm-hmm. be able to have frameworks to think through things properly. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, uh, I can't afford it versus how can I afford it. Uh, uh, it's just one little mental model. The one that I'm really trying to drill into my son, uh, because I'm on the fence as far as college is concerned, um, and I'm going to let him make his own choice there, uh, is the fact that even if you don't go to college, like I didn't graduate from college, Um, You still have to have a a, a lifelong, um, you know, you you have to be a lifetime learner. And uh, Charlie Munger specifically gave an excellent graduation speech on that topic. He said, hey, just because you guys are graduating from college, he said, let me tell you what's going to happen. The people who stop learning and think that it's over, you're going to be in the shallows in life. The people who still make an effort, you're going to be in the middle. And the people who understand that, you know, this is a lifelong commitment learning, you're going to be at the very top. Of this class, and and what I make my son repeat to himself over and over is, I am a good learner, mm. uh, because that is something that I never, uh, as a young man, believed to be, you know, for myself. I didn't believe I was a good learner. It wasn't until later in life they started, I started finding things that were interesting, um, that I realized I'm I'm an excellent learner. You know, tell me i will make some money. I'm gonna be front row, <laughs> hands full It depends taken, on you
1: know? the subject, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: So. so, so. Um have you, uh, have you thought about, and I'm, I'm curious because you mentioned kind of like the shade of the tree and what you want for them. Like, have you thought about the legacy that for leaving for them? Mm-hmm. I just curious. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's a big driving
0: force for me. Legacy. Uh, my stepmother was the one who brought that into my life as an idea. And I was just impressed that she was thinking generationally. Um, you know, I, I And then I think back to, you know, my family all the way from coming over here on a boat, you know, um, what did they leave me? I I started thinking and I thought, well, I guess they left me here and they left me, you know, a good name and they left me this and they left me that. But um, what what I'd like to do as far as a legacy is concerned is, um, you know, eh, make enough to where um, opportunity is whatever you want it to be so that the the money isn't necessarily an obstacle, but at the same time not... um, Kind of like a butterfly's wings, right? Like, not, not, not make it so much to where um, they won't get off the ground. They don't need to. And I think that the majority of it is in 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 how to think, right? So if I can instill in them how to think properly, um, I think that I I I won't have to worry about their future, no matter what comes. Like I said, nobody's guaranteed another day, whether I'm here or not. If I can instill that, if 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 you were to ask me privately, I know this is your podcast, I don't want to hijack it philosophically. Like if you could leave your kid one thing, what would it be? Personally, it would be a, a relationship with God. Cause that's been a huge driving factor and force for me success wise. And if I, if I got one choice, gun to my head, you can leave your kid one thing, it wouldn't be a billion dollars. It would be that, you know, yeah. Personally. yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, there's like memes out there where they're like, you can't manage a million dollars or uh, you can't manage a thousand dollars. You can't manage a million dollars. Right? Like, yeah be gone and and that's the thing is that the mentality and the and the capacity to be able to think through problems you know that's what when well, my kids always ask me like Dad, what kind of super what's going kind on of superhero problem you know what kind of superhero powers do you have you know I was telling myself, I solve problems I, I told them I'm that Batman kind of <laughs> that's kind of our admit. like mentality in our house though like I'm like hey guys you know like I, if I hear him say I can't say hey man what do you what do we got to do like let's let's think through You know, let's solve the problem. So we repeat that kind of quite a bit because that's that's where I've kind of got with them is that I don't know what problems they're going to have, you know. And and I want them to be able to think about how to come up to the outcome that they want and see the problem from different angles, I guess. Yeah, you're essentially saying you want them to have
0: a framework, you know. Mm to be able to think through logically how to solve whatever it is they need to solve.
1: And, well, just, you, you, you had a mortgage company, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I had a mortgage company. I had 28 brokers working for me. I was just the, the linchpin of the hub. Right. So okay. the problems came up. I was the guy that solved them at the banks and did all that fun stuff. But people right. would say, Oh, could you teach me about mortgages? And I'm like, I can teach you this much because you, that you you, there's a thousand problems I've solved. I can't tell you all of them and solve them all for you, but I could teach you how to get through whatever problem comes down the pike. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I I take a great deal of
0: satisfaction in that. I like solving problems, you know, it's, it's a fun challenge in, um, you know, as far as success and legacy is concerned, I, I, I watched a lot of documentaries on, you know, NFL players, uh, lottery winners, right? They don't manage the money, but but the main thing is, like, the the, the destination isn't as satisfying as enjoying the journey.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and so that's a hard thing as an entrepreneur. I don't know about you, but I, I, I used to have a lot of trouble living in the moment because I'd always be thinking about the future so much that, you know, I'd have to, like, consciously pull my mind back to being here and present in the moment. Uh, but when I realized that, um, that, that, that journey, uh, is never over. And that destination isn't as satisfying. as you know, enjoying the, the the actual journey of who you need to become to, 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 to achieve what it is you want to achieve. Um, life got more interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it's, is it, is it Einstein that said that, um, you can't solve the problem with the same level of thinking that got you into it? right? so you need to that's pretty much <laughs> yeah, you need to you you can't think the same way that got you into the problem that you're in so you need to level up to solve the problems and so that's one of the things that drives me personally just in life in general is i like to i need the challenges right
0: yeah a more simple saying that i subscribe to is uh uh you know, if all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> for so, me being a sales and marketing guy, like every time there's a problem, I'm like, we'll just sell more. Yeah. We'll just market more, you know? Yeah. The gas.
1: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't <laughs> always work, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's got it works a lot of the times instead of thinking about it, right? Yeah, for sure. So, for um sure. taking action on problems, whatever your first instinct is, a lot of times works a lot better than waiting a really long time and then taking the same action you had for your first thought of what the way to solve it was in the first place anyway, right? No,
0: no, another great saying, motion beats meditation.
1: yeah um, uh, Imperfect action be, beats uh, perfect inaction as much. <laughs> is it? I love it. Well, <laughs> Dan Kennedy's was always success comes out of a messy kitchen. I'm like, eh, you know, makes sense. <laughs> Get in there and do something. Yeah, I like that. That's it. I love the words. Too. I got two simple words I uh, tell people. Just take action. I don't yeah. care what it is. Try it. Whatever you want to do, just try to do it, and you will figure it out eventually. Like the chef, the chef was a busboy, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think
0: that um, uh, there's this uh, uh, kids show called Meet the Robinsons, and they celebrate failure because the guy's an inventor. I don't know if you've seen it yet.
1: Uh, no, but I love so I, my kids know that that's if you're not failing, then that's when you're that's when you're actually failing. You know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. I think that that's the main thing. Everybody just wants to show up and have success. They don't want to. They don't want People to see them going through the struggle and the journey and, and going along, you know what I mean? Well, be, because they might not make it.
1: Well, hey, well, nobody puts the Instagram post up where you're negotiating with your landlord because you can't pay your rent. Right. Here's a shot of my 478 credit score. Check that right? out. <laughs> yeah. Because somebody helped me. Yeah. You know, right. Right. The, the struggle uh the struggle is where the fun is though you know you when you look back it's not fun when you're in it but um you know the you got to you got to push through on a lot of that stuff and um hey Mike I want to uh I gotta stop us there so we can hop on to do the uh, the high impact series but I want to say uh, first of all I want to say thank you for coming on uh, I think Money Talks gonna get a lot out of listening to what you have to say and your early successes and kind of views on the world but also um where do they find out more about you um if if this is resonating with them yeah
0: so so um you know my business is market maker if they're interested in, if they're in the real estate space and they and, and they're interested in that uh market maker call dot um and then if they just want to reach out to me for anything uh um like i mentioned, do you have an abundance mindset so i'm always willing to help uh mikeodo.com um is my personal branded website
1: mikeodo.com it's amazing how the more that you put out, because I had the exact same thing where I've helped just umpteen amounts of people without any expectation of things coming back. Yeah. But it comes back in no strangest form sometimes when I need it, when I, when I've needed it, you know, people, people look at me sometimes and they're like, you're getting taken advantage of, or you're doing this. And I'm like, listen, you can't give it
0: away. It's just one of the principles. It's like gravity. You know what I mean? Whether you believe it or not, it's just the way that it works. And, you know, if I, if I, I'm, they're not taking any more advantage than I'm letting them. <laughs> I'll tell oh.
1: you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's not, but also for me, it's, it makes me, it gives me a sense of, I don't know, not purpose, but kind of just like when I help, when I see somebody and I know that I just know the answer, like I would much rather just give that to them oh, and yeah. then go about my way because I feel better. If I had known that I had known the answer when I see someone struggling with something, and I just was like, well, you're not getting that from me for free. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I can't, that doesn't sit well with me. It drives well, me nuts. It's not necessary. You're not going to leave the world a better place, you know, withholding and acting like
0: that. I just, I just had a, a lunch with an employee. He said, Mike, you're the only guy that's ever uh, uh, given to me freely without expectation of return, whether it's advice or this, that, or the other. He said, he said so I trust you. And I was like, wow, that's a phenomenal compliment. I didn't do it even consciously. You know, yes. I just, it becomes who you are. That's awesome, man.
1: Um, Well, listen, I want to thank you again for being on Money Talkers. uh, Guys, come back for the high impact series, please.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram, at The Money Talkers, for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a Money Talker.